Thanks for having us here at uh, Gardener Systems. No, you're welcome. Yeah, good to see you. Pleasure. So um, I think I'll just kick things off, really, if you don't mind, with asking you a quite simple, straightforward question. And that is really um, IT security as we know it in, in enterprise. Is it a IT problem or is it a business problem? I think it's a problem for everybody. Uh, I think it's very easy, and, and I think we still see it. So I think it's very easy for companies to look at security as an IT problem and say, well, IT, how are you securing my data? How are you making sure that our systems are secure? How are you making sure that we're not losing data, data's not leaking out of the organisation? And, it, and it's very easy for a business to push that back and say, just IT, sort that out. But data security and security in general is much bigger than an IT problem. It's a cultural problem. It's a people problem. It's an education problem. There's, you know, we, we were talking before we recorded today around things like GDPR being a business legal problem. It's a compliance and governance uh, issue. And, and that's true around security as a whole. So I think and, you know, one, one of the things I'm really keen on when we talk to customers and, and talk to businesses about security is in integrating a culture of security. And that requires buy-in from the very top of an organisation all the way down to the, the latest, well, we don't do YTSs anymore, do we? But, but the apprentice who's, who's just got started. Yeah. If everybody across an organisation understands why security is important, why you have the security systems and policies and procedures in place that you should have, there's a much better chance that they are going to follow and embrace that secure culture. I think if what you people find is that IT is enforcing some kind of security on them, that, that is viewed as it's just making my job more difficult. You know, why, why would I want to follow that? You want me to apply some kind of policy to this document I've written? I just want to send that to all my friends. Mm. If they don't understand why security is so important and, you know, and, and has such a business impact, yeah. they're just not going to follow it. And, and it's not normally malicious. It's because people are just keen to do the job. They just want to work efficiently. They just want to work effectively. just want to get their stuff done that right. they're trying to get done. And when they're doing that, if they see anything getting in the way, they're just going to try and find a path of least resistance to do it. So I think if you can make security that path of least resistance, something that's culturally ingrained into the way the business operates, you're going to have a much stronger security baseline, a much stronger security posture than you're going to have if you're just trying to enforce that policy all of the time. I think next question really for you is this, uh, this term of zero trust. Now, it's used in the industry quite a lot. Um, what's, your, what's your take on the term zero trust? Trust nobody ever. Uh, oh, right. that, that's probably the answer. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think the thing that you're looking at is it, it's a shift in thinking. Uh, I think one of the things that we had always looked at traditionally was this idea of that if somebody's on my network, I'm going to trust them. So I'm going to trust that they've logged on and with inside the premise of my firewall, and I'm going to then trust them to access all of the stuff that then sits within there. I think that kind of shift to zero trust, and, and whether this is exactly the term I should be using, but, but my view on it mm. is that that shift is really much more about assume you're breached. So make your starting point, assume breach across your network. So if you're going to assume breach, then you have to look at, right, well, how am I securing all of my systems if a bad actor is already within inside the security of my, my enterprise? Uh, and that then becomes this piece around looking at, right, well, so for every access to every system, for every bit of information, make sure that the appropriate person has the appropriate right to carry out that individual task not the idea that just because they've logged onto the network, they must be fine to do absolutely everything. And I think in the modern world, that, that problem is exacerbated a little by the fact that the perimeter for our network has shifted so much. You know, we wind back 10 years, the traditional enterprise would have a data center, a firewall, you'd turn up at the office and right. you, would, you would log onto your security domain and have access to things. But now you know, the, the extent of my network perimeter is 
smartphone in your pocket. Sure. It maybe it's an IoT device. Maybe it's somebody working from home. It once we start to extend the perimeter out there, mm. it becomes equally or far more important to start to look at. Well, I'm really going to need to secure at a far more base level. So you know, this user can only access these applications, can only access these services. I need to be able to do that kind of thing. Maybe I also need to include that once they've accessed that service, I have further control, you know. So just because they've got access to that service doesn't necessarily mean they should have access to absolutely everything within that service. So, right. so certainly for me, my take on zero trust is, is very much that. It's no longer acceptable in a modern organisation to say just because somebody's logged on, they should have access to everything. It's to probably question what they're doing, when they're doing it, and why they're doing it at every single part of their you know, of their security journey, uh, to use a famous marketing phrase, because everybody's on a journey. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but but for me, it's about that. It's to make sure that you restrict access where necessary, so not just everybody having access to things. Got you. And then double-checking that access as, as people have it. So if I'm accessing a piece of information, should I be accessing it? And the answer shouldn't be, well, you're here, so why not? Yeah. Um, should be, no, you're the right person with the legitimate reason to be using it. And maybe that I can track the fact you're using it as well because an extension of zero trust for me is that idea that if something then happens to information, data that I've got, yeah. I should be able to understand that it's happening and find out what's happened to it. I see. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So almost your baseline is assume that... Uh, You've got an insider in your organisation that is yeah. doing bad things. Yeah, and I think that's a, a, a great starting point. I mean, it's, you know, it's not mm. my idea. It's a, it's a tip I've pinched from from many a, yeah, yeah. a vendor and professional. Um, but I think it's a great place to start. You assume breach. You make that your default security posture, and you say, "Am I am I securing all of my systems based on there being a bad actor on my network? Have I taken all the steps that I need to be able to trust? Uh, all, all the steps I need to be able to implement with you?" So. That, that any user who's access any, any system is the correct user with the correct access doing the correct things. Understood. That makes sense. Okay, so we've discussed a bit about about about, uh, about zero trust. Just just moving on a little bit to um, IT security, perhaps not for the enterprise, not for the blue chip companies, but for those organisations who they really care about the data. They know they've got sensitive data. They know that it's being interacted with on a daily basis. They are concerned about the um, the integrity of their security, certainly on the data side. What would be your advice to your customers uh, as a good starting point as to how to address that as, as, as a, to address it as a security strategy for the future? So I think you're kind of talking to one of my, my favourite topics at the moment, mm. and this is the idea of starting to change the way that we look at security. I think traditionally we've looked at security as an infrastructure piece, so we've looked at where our information is held, what kind of platform it's held on. So you know, if I'm securing data on a Windows file server, I'm worried about NTFS file permissions. And so I, my security is built around that. Hmm. If I'm storing that in a SharePoint library, in SharePoint Online, for example, yeah. it's the security of that SharePoint library. But all of the security around my data, because as you said, you know, it doesn't matter what size of company you are, your data is as important to you as if you're a two-man organization working in a rented office to yeah. if you're a 200,000 organization enterprise. Sure. Your data is still absolutely crucial to the, the day-to-day activities that, that you do as a business. It's your intellectual property. It's it's the information of your, your customers. It's your private information around your employees. So all of that stuff is, is crucial. Yet we've built data security models that have been based on it depends where you place it. You know, so the idea that I've got something securely held on a file server mm. that then accidentally gets sent to you, mm. the security of that file is now the stuff that's on your, whatever's on your laptop. So you've got full access to that piece of information because of where it now lives. 
But you talked about before about how do we build these kind of data security models. For me, we have to turn that on its head mm. and start to build our security models around the data. So we identify the information that we hold, why that's important and how we want to use it. So ideas such as data classification, am I classifying this data as commercially sensitive, financial information, private information, publicly available? So if, I, if I'm then making those kind of classifications, within those kind of rules, I'm saying, right, so what does that mean I'm allowed to do with that data? And then it's once we've built that, IT, IT comes some way down the, the, the pecking order of, of mm. how we start to deliver this kind of stuff. Because once we've understood how we want to use our data, we've taken this data-focused approach yeah. and said, this is how we want to use it. And because we want to use it like this, we need to secure it like this because it contains this kind of information. We can then start to build IT systems that start to enforce some of those policies. Because otherwise, then we are just trusting that everybody's following the policy. Right. And sometimes that's not quite enough you know, for audit reasons, for security management reasons, you know, we need to know how our data has been utilised. But I think going back to your question, you know, absolutely key to that is a changing attitude. Look at our data as the core thing that we're looking to secure. Don't worry overly about secure it based on where it is, the location and, and the infrastructure type, but look at the information and make sure then that that security follows that information. Because what I want to be able to do is when that information leaves my organisation, I've still got full control over it. I can still control who can access it, what they can do with it, yeah. and then I can rescind that access should I wish. So if that information has, for some reason, ended up on your laptop and it shouldn't have done, yeah. I want to be able to rescind that access so that the next time you try and open that file, you can't. And, and, and you know, practical extension of that is if I have a data breach here in the UK, if I have a data breach of personal information, yeah. I need to go to our information regulator to say I've had a data breach and it had a thousand records of personal information on it. Um, so not only have I got to tell you, I've then got to tell each of those thousand people that I've lost their information and this is what I'm going to do about it. Sure. If I've got security around that information that ensures I'm the only person that can read it regardless of its location, well, my burden is then reduced hugely. I still need to tell the regulator, yeah. but I don't necessarily need to inform each of the thousand people because actually their information remains safe and, and under my control. And so for, for those kind of reasons, you know, there's lots of reasons around why you might want to secure your data. But yeah, yeah. you know, if, if you was after a top tip today about building kind of modern security strategy, yeah. make it data focused would be, would be tip number one, certainly. Absolutely. So really work out who's interacting with that data and, and whether it's being copied, modified, deleted, shared, that kind of thing, yeah. rather than sort of securing it from the outside in, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I mean, I think for data, for me, I, I, I kind of want to know the multiple Ws, who, where, when, why, what. Really? So, so who's using the information? When are they using it? Where are they accessing it from? Yeah. What are they doing with it? And why? Why have they got access to it? Why, why is that user doing the things that they're doing with it? So, you know, if I, if I can answer those kind of five Ws around around my information, I know that I can use that effectively, I can use it efficiently, I can hold it efficiently, and importantly, I can maintain control, governance, compliance, and security of that information. Makes sense.